You're listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast, conversations between girlfriends who have the knowledge and information to educate and empower you before, during, and after a divorce. We are here to remind you that you're grown and you got this. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Cook, and today I want to explore how to make the holiday season a joyous time for everyone involved, even in the midst of divorce. You know, the holiday season is often portrayed as a time of togetherness and celebration, but we know that for divorcing parents, especially those in multicultural and multi-belief families, it can be particularly challenging. Yet, you know, with some thoughtful planning and open communication, it is possible to create a positive experience for everyone involved. As we start out, I want to give space for us to recognize and acknowledge that for many of the relationships, it was the different traditions, different beliefs, different cultures that brought us together in the first place. That's what makes your family unique. And so I don't want us to lose sight of that in the midst of a divorce. You know, so it's really important and crucial to acknowledge and respect the diversity of the beliefs and traditions that now make up your children. Take the time to have an open and honest conversation with the other parent about each of your cultural and religious practices and what those expectations are going forward. Once you can kind of level set or understand where everybody's thoughts and and, um, placements are in terms of what their expectations are, I think that gives you the ability to really think about how to cultivate and navigate the next steps so that you can create an inclusive holiday and everyday experience for your children. Keep in mind that your children are um, a combination of all of the belief systems, all of the different traditions, the cultural associations, as the part of the two of you coming together. And we certainly don't want to lose sight of that, but we want to make sure that in healthy ways, they are celebrated throughout the children's kind of upbringing. And then as the children get older, they can of course certainly make their own decisions um, as to how they will continue to, whether it's self-identify or celebrate or you know, even go in different directions. So I think as a starting point, it's really important that we acknowledge our different belief systems and their traditions that make up this unique family. As we move from kind of the acknowledgement phase, it's all about planning and coordination so that the idea of celebrations can actually happen. And what does that look like? Well, I think, you know, Realistically, in order to avoid conflict and to reduce stress, you have to plan ahead. You have to sit down with the other parent and discuss whether it's a schedule, whether it's celebration, 
whether it's extended family involvement, but everybody really needs to get on the same page so that we allow everybody to celebrate in the way that best serves them. Of course, what I'm thinking of when I think about sitting down and putting together a plan, it's really coming together with our parenting plan or, um, you know, working with a mediator if the two of you can't come together in figuring out how are we going to navigate, how are we going to put together our holiday plan, how do we going to um, acknowledge and support the respective traditions and the belief systems. What's key here is the idea of flexibility and certainly compromise because that will ensure that your children can participate in meaningful experiences with both parents. There's nothing more helpful than putting pen to paper. I know people often think that it's easier. Let's just talk it through and we'll figure it out along the way. Well, things often get lost in the shuffle when we just kind of, you know, wing it. Put pen to paper, sit down, write out the holidays as your family has historically celebrated or those things that you would like to celebrate on a going forward and have some discussions about what your thoughts are around how these fit into your regular parenting schedule. I think it's always a good idea to first identify what those holidays are. Not every family shares the same holidays. And so writing down the list of, here are those things that I call a holiday, and then defining how you want that to fit into the schedule. Is the holiday gonna be treated just like the day of, or is it a long weekend or the entire week? Be very clear and specific when you're identifying and defining the holiday. That way, when we start talking about coordinating schedules and celebrations, everybody is on the same page. Divorce does, though, provide an opportunity for you to create new traditions that reflect the unique dynamics of your multicultural and multi-belief family. It's important to encourage your children to express their own ideas and preferences for new traditions while also incorporating the elements from both sides of your family. Don't lose sight of things that have been a part of their upbringing in their tradition because now you're moving in a different direction but also recognizing that we now have space to create new traditions, new opportunities, and exposure to different cultures, different belief systems. And I'm not talking about the idea of indoctrination. I want to be very clear about that. So when we think about the idea of indoctrinating children into a new belief system, um, it's really important to make sure that you and your co-parent or you and the other parent are on the same page as it relates to indoctrination. Indoctrination being different than exposure. Exposure is simply that. I'm sharing different um, experiences with the children. The children are exposed to um, a mass or going to a synagogue or um, a prayer system. 
that's different than taking the step to indoctrinate a child into the faith. And if indoctrination meaning they will follow certain religious requirements for that faith. So be very careful when uh, taking the next steps and creating new spaces for um, tradition that you are mindful that it is about exposure and not indoctrination unless the two of you have otherwise agreed that it shall be indoctrination. So when we talk today, we are really talking about creating space for exposure to new traditions if in fact we are creating new traditions and even for those things that might be um, historically shared in our family or things that as a family we wanted to do but we never uh, did. It's all about making sure that we have the communication around exposure. So be very intentional about that. That moves us really into, you know, uh, the discussion on communication as a part of co-parenting. Communication is critical, not just during the holiday season, but throughout the co-parenting relationship. I've had so many former clients who say to me, you know, it's ironic that I didn't talk this much to my child's parent during the marriage and now I'm expected to talk to them all the time about all the things and yes that's the reality of being a co-parent you actually have to communicate more than maybe you ever did during the actual marriage keeping the lines of communication open with your co-parent is the way to really ensure that everybody is on the same page regarding anything from schedules to how we are going to celebrate the holiday season down to gift giving. It's really, really, really important that you have open communication around these things because otherwise that lends itself to miscommunication, confusion, stress, and strife that you don't need during the holiday season but you wanna make sure that you are prioritizing your children's needs and their emotions. And you know, being able to show them that even though that the family structure has changed, that they are loved and supported by both parents. A great way to do this is by getting on the same page and keeping the lines of communication open. It is easier said than done, and it does take work. And again, during the holiday season, oftentimes emotions are already running high. So be easy, not just with yourself, but with the other parent. But that does, though, go to why it is critically important to make sure that you have a plan in place for the holidays. Again, big fan of having things written down and organized so that there isn't any miscommunication or confusion on a going forward as it relates to what we're doing for Thanksgiving, what we're doing for Christmas or Kwanzaa or Easter. Whatever holiday that you celebrate, write it down. And listen, not every family celebrates everything, so don't 
feel the need to uh, create or fall in line with what other families do as it relates to holidays. Everybody's family is very different. And so don't find yourself forcing a new tradition upon yourself or your children because you think that's what you're supposed to do. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, okay, no problem. If Halloween has not been something that your family feels is a holiday, but rather it follows whatever the regular parenting schedule, that works too. Don't try to create something that just doesn't work for your family. That doesn't mean though you can't now move into spaces where you're open to trying to do something different. You can certainly try something different, but make sure you're doing it for the right reason and not in any way trying to manipulate an opportunity to keep the children away from the other parent because that is not the goal in any situation. Holidays can be very stressful and overwhelming, especially when you're going either through the divorce process or the first year following your divorce. It can be very overwhelming to think about celebrating the holidays without your children. That's why it's really important to make sure that we've got good support of our friends or our family or even our professional resources such as a therapist or a good support group. Surrounding yourself and your children with a strong support network can help alleviate the stress during this time and provide guidance. It can be very hard to imagine how you'll get through Christmas when you don't have your children. But I challenge you not to think of it in that way. I challenge you to make a plan. If this is not your year to celebrate on December 25th with the children, then make a plan for what you're going to do during that day. But also figuring out how am I going to celebrate the actual uh, traditions and routines that we have traditionally done or that we do on Christmas now that they won't be with me on the 25th. There is no child that I have ever met that will not get just as excited if you say we're opening presents, we're baking cookies, we're watching holiday movies on the 15th instead of the 25th. Trust me, it's all about how you pull it together. And then on the 25th, maybe you surround yourself with other girlfriends or go on a trip during that time. Do a spa day or frankly, maybe that's the day that you binge watch television that you've been wanting to catch up on. It can be done. And certainly when we think about families of mixed race or multicultural um, and multi-belief families, we also know that maybe Christmas isn't the really big one for you. Maybe it is Kwanzaa. Maybe it is Three Kings Day. And so really focus in on that. Again, 
The goal here is to make sure that you acknowledge, respect, and own your traditions, your belief systems, your culture, and your environment for yourself and your children on a going forward. I do though want to just quickly touch on what happens in situations where um, a family member doesn't share the same belief system or have um, a real issue or challenge with the other parent's belief system. You need to get help in having those issues navigated. So if one parent or another is, for example, atheist or is a member of a religious community uh, that doesn't celebrate certain holiday traditions and they have voiced a concern or objection for your ability to be able to do that with the children, then now is the opportunity to get out ahead of that because you might actually need legal assistance to make sure that the other parents concerns are certainly addressed but that yours too are addressed and that can look like whether engaging in mediation in figuring out what makes the most sense for our family and then certainly as a last resort bringing the issues before the court there are many 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 cases before the court about multicultural and multi-belief um, issues and so you have the ability to address those things but as we all know despite the fact that I've spent a career as a trial attorney and a litigator that I truly believe and feel very strongly that the best thing that you can do for yourself and your family is to really try to work out these issues without involving the court or turning over the decision-making to the court because once that train leaves the station there's no getting it back so sitting down figuring out a plan having a discussion about what makes the most sense for you and your children and the other parent as we move into the holiday season is really the next best step if you're concerned about how to make this work on a going forward. Having conversations, being open, and acknowledging that we do have differences that should be supported and recognized during the holiday season can make all the difference. So I encourage all divorcing parents in multicultural and multi-belief families to approach the holiday season with empathy, understanding, and a true commitment to creating positive experiences for your children. I think integrating these strategies into your holiday plans, you can transform what could be a nightmare into a memorable and joyful season for everyone involved. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, hopefully you have found these insights helpful and are ready to move into a peaceful and harmonious holiday season. 
As we say here, sharing is caring. So please, please, please be sure to share this with your girlfriends, your coworkers, your sorors, or whoever may be going through something because you never know who needs the support. As always, we appreciate you being a part of our community. So please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media and certainly join our community by going to our website, GrownGirlDivorce.com and subscribing to our newsletter. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. Please be sure to tell your girlfriends about us. Follow us on Instagram at Grown Girl Divorce and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any new conversations. The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner.